Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus praise here today. Hallelujah. Any believers here in the house tonight? Hallelujah. Can you stand up and give Jesus praise in this place tonight? Hallelujah. This is Resurrection Sunday. Give him a shout of victory. Give him a shout of praise. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of the highest praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give him praise here tonight. Give him praise here tonight. Give him praise here tonight. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise here tonight, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy to be praised, Lord God. There is no one like you, Lord Jesus. There is no one like you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise tonight, Lord. Because you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Let's lift your hands tonight and stretch out. I don't know if tonight you've come here to meet with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is in the business of changing lives. I don't know if you need your life changed tonight. Hallelujah. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, wherever you're at with God tonight. Resurrection. Good Friday, and today is Resurrection Sunday. But I want to encourage you tonight not to leave this place tonight without experiencing something of the message of the gospel, the cross and the resurrection. We don't want to just talk about the cross, talk about resurrection, read passages of Scripture on the resurrection, read passages of Scripture on the cross, but we want to experience the cross. We want to experience His forgiveness Just reach out to him right now. Think about the grace and the mercy of God that you've experienced. Whether you've been a Christian for a year, a couple of months, or almost seemingly for a lifetime. Think about the great things that God has done in your life tonight. And worship him. Just begin to thank him right now. Open your mouth and thank him right now. You're not the person you used to be. You're not the person you used to be. You're forgiven. Hallelujah. You're righteous. Hallelujah. Oh, you've been saved, hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you are with us, Lord God. And we thank you tonight, Lord God, for you're the God of the second chance. You're the God of grace, Lord God. By grace is a man saved. And Father, we ask you tonight, Lord God, today, Lord, that you'd come and and release your presence and release your glory afresh in our lives tonight, Lord. That would leave this place changed, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We're nothing without him. Thank you, Lord. We're nothing without him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Having a good time tonight? Where's all the party people gone to? Are you having a good time tonight? Hallelujah. It's good to be here with you this evening. John's Gospel, chapter 2. I'm going to share a message on new life tonight. And I pray to God that God will release His new life. How many people want His new life tonight inside of you? You want God to change you tonight. John's Gospel, chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's read it together, shall we? John's Gospel, chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and then the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now that had become wine, and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine or the best wine until now. This is the first signs that Jesus did in Cain of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples and they stayed there for a few days. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight that you're able to turn around every situation in our lives. And Lord God, we thank you that we can sing tonight, Lord God, and we thank you that we can lift up your name. But Lord God, we're asking you tonight to touch our hearts, Lord, and change our lives in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you turned the water into wine, and we thank you that on Resurrection Sunday, Lord, you went into the grave, Lord God. You paid the price for us on the cross. You went into the grave, and you rose again on the third day. And we know, Lord, today you can turn around any situation in our lives today because you are resurrected in in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Looking at this verse of Scripture tonight, many people are having parties. Anybody had an Easter party? Had an Easter egg? Anybody out there tonight having a party? Anybody had lunch today? Well, people out there in the world are having parties. Hallelujah. They're enjoying themselves. And here, everybody was celebrating. They were celebrating a wedding. How many people like to go to weddings? We all love to go to weddings. Some people go to weddings for different reasons. Some to eat food. Some to have a look around, see if they can get engaged. <laughs> Some people go to weddings for different reasons. Uh, and here, there's a party. Why? Because people have got married and everybody's dancing, everybody's singing, and everybody's going for it. And there's a big wedding and Jesus somehow gets invited. Now, I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is the most important guest at any party. He's the most important guest here tonight. And I don't know if you've ever invited Jesus to be a part of your life. Because you know what? The, the day that I invited Jesus Christ to be a part of my life, the Bible says I became born again. And Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, we've had fun tonight. We've, we've sang some songs. But you know what use is it if we sing songs and our hearts are not changed? I remember a story in one of, of the churches, a soul survivor church, and they were worshiping God, and they, they had loads of rock bands, and lots of worship leaders were coming out of that church. And the, the minister in that church, he just suddenly decided, you know what, instead of all of the music and the bands, we're going to not have any bands today, we're just going to have a cappella worship. And we're going to worship God out of our hearts. There was no noise, there was no distraction and he just wanted to see what would come out of people's hearts to God. You see, if your heart's been changed tonight, 
Then you're going to worship God. You're going to say, thank you, Jesus, I've been forgiven. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Something's going to happen. And a song came out of that meeting, and it was the heart of worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Lord, it's all about you. Lord, it's all about you. Anybody heard that song tonight? We've all heard that song. When the anointing's on that song, you know what you mean to God. You're saying, God, I want you to change my heart. Lord, I, I, I want you to do something new in my life tonight. That's what revival's all about. This is a revival meeting, is it not? Hallelujah tonight. Revival is all about a changed heart. And sometimes we can get frustrated. Why? Because we're not changing. We come, we go through the motions, and we're not changing. The anointing's not there. Something's not happening in our lives. We go, we're still living in sin, and we haven't received a breakthrough. These people were partying. They were having a good time, and there was a lot of noise, but yet they hadn't invited Jesus to be a part of the wedding. He hadn't prayed. He hadn't given an announcement. He wasn't involved. Jesus seemed when he was at the party. This shows us that they didn't even recognize who Jesus was. You know, if the queen came to your wedding or your party, what would you do? You'd probably make a middle aisle, put out the red carpet, and you'd give a, a big hand clap. and you say, wow, the queen is here. The queen is here. The queen is here. Well, Jesus was at that party, and they didn't even recognize who Jesus was. Could it be here tonight that you're here in church, and you've listened to the worship, and you've listened to what's going on, but you've not met with Jesus for himself? You've not met with Jesus for himself. There was a man in the Bible called Saul, and he was a good religious man. He was actually at the top of the league in his religion, and he was persecuting the church. And on the road to Damascus, he had this powerful encounter with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that a light shone from heaven and shone on Saul, and he fell to the ground. And suddenly, when he got up, who did he see? He heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And immediately he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Straight away, Saul recognized who he was speaking to. He was speaking to Jesus Christ. Soon after that, Paul got born again, and the Bible says immediately he started to follow Jesus. Immediately, why? Because he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you tonight, unless you have an encounter with Jesus Christ and his cross and his resurrection, you cannot get to heaven. The Bible says, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I wonder tonight, if you're born again, unless your heart's been changed, these people didn't even recognize who Jesus was. When you recognize who Jesus was, it gives you the chance to recognize that he is the only person who can forgive you of all your sins. The Bible says one drop of the blood of Jesus Christ can wipe away all of your sins. That's what Jesus did on the cross, didn't he? He died for you and he died for me. They recognized him not, but look what John said. John said in the book of John 1, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want to tell you tonight, only Jesus can take away your sin. Religion can't. Being righteous or trying to be righteous can't. Only simply by believing in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And believing in his resurrection power. Then suddenly, in the middle of this party, they ran out of resources. I wonder tonight if you've ran out of resources. Anybody ever lost their joy here tonight? Some of you already, I can see you've lost your joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, just give me a smile tonight. Give me a smile. Hallelujah. 
Give me a smile here tonight. The joy of the Lord. These people, they run out. You know what? When you've run out of wine, suddenly the buzz and the atmosphere has gone out of the party. Now, you might be a holy Christian tonight. You don't believe in alcohol. Don't believe in wine. But when you run out of books fizz, you know that the party's gone. These people run out of wine. Now, you can't even have a party without two basic ingredients. That one is food. Amen, Gabriel. One is food and the other is drink. You can't have a party. If you have a party without food and drink and music, you can, I mean, it's not a party, is it? I turned up to a party one time that I was invited to, a birthday party. I turned up, there was no music, there was no food, there was no drink. I, got, I sat down for a few minutes, I didn't get offered a drink, and I was thinking, my God, is this a party? Is this a party? I had to personally go out shopping, did the shopping, brought them back, put my music on, and made the party happen. Now here, it, the party was at risk, the wedding was at risk. Why? Because they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. And suddenly, these people now, they turn to Jesus. Jesus' mother turns to Jesus and says, hey, you've got to help us. Because Jesus is a miracle worker. He turns water into wine. He not only turns water into wine, but he opens the blind eyes. He opens deaf ears. He raises the dead. He casts out demons. Lives are being changed and transformed in Jerusalem at that time. And they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you turn the water into wine? I wonder if you're asking that question here tonight. Can you turn, Lord, a bad situation around? Can you turn a bad situation around? When sin comes into your life, then things can go completely in the wrong direction. And it's subtle. I don't know if you're here tonight. You know that the devil just wants to just put you a little bit off course from your destiny. He's happy for you to come to church. He's happy for you to have a party, be involved in the worship. As long as your heart's not changed, as long as you're not doing the things that God wants you to do, as long as you're saying the right things, but you're actually not really fully being obedient to God. See, revival is about getting right with God. You can't have a revival without getting right with God. You can come to church, can't you? You can sing the right songs. And you can go home and you know in your heart that life is not really working. Life is not really happening for you. God's not really there, but you're going through the motions. I remember I was away in Wales. Anybody done archery? Because sin, sin is, a definition of sin is missing the mark. Missing the mark. And I was doing archery. And in archery, you have to, you pull back the string. And if you've ever done it, you can feel the tension. And, and the first time you do it, you're a little nervous whether you're going hit to the, hit the target or not. And I remember Eamon and Torian was doing it with me. And I aimed, and, and guess what? I hit not just the, not the center, but just off the center. Just off the center. And I kept hitting just off the center. Just off the center. So in the center was the yellow, and, I, and the off center was the red. And out there, the other on the big part was the blue. See, when your heart is in sin and your heart is not following God and you're not sincere and you're not honest with God and you're far away from God. These people are partying, but they were far away from God and lastminute.com, they asked Jesus to step in. See, your heart is just, of course, it means you're missing the mark. When Jesus died on the cross, guess what happened? He hit the mark for you, hallelujah. He hit the mark of forgiveness, of redemption, just for you. Jesus was righteous. He was fully righteous on the cross. He said these words, it is finished. It is complete, which means your sin 
and my sin were paid in full on the cross. And when we think about the resurrection and we think about how Jesus was dead and he rose again on the third day, what does that signify? It signifies that only Jesus can give us new life. And we've got to embrace that new life. We've got to somehow come and seek after that new life. And so I remember after about the fifth goal of the archery, I decided, I said, this time I'm going to do it. This time I'm really going to focus. I want to tell you that if you are going to seek after God and you are going to get to heaven, you need to really focus. It's not something that you need to mess around about. It's not something you can take a chance about. You need to be really focused. And I remember saying to him, this time I'm going to hit the mark. Amen. This time I'm going to hit up. I pulled the string back and uh, it went straight through. And I was like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And I, I hit the mark right there in the yellow. And I said, Toyn, look, I hit the yellow. And we took a little picture of it. Well, flowing in the anointing, I don't, don't ask me how I did it, but I just said to Toyn, this is, what, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do it again. I just went like that. Guess where it went? It went exactly in the same place as the other one. Almost on top of the arrow. I mean, literally, if I was recording Prince of Thieves, I would have recorded that and emailed Kevin Costner and said, listen, give me a chance. You never guess what happened. I said, listen, I'm going to do that again. Has anybody done that? You know when you go on 10-pin bull and you get a strike? And you think, oh, wow, I got, a, I got a strike. Well, that was a bit of a fluke. And you do it again, get a strike. Then suddenly you get momentum. You get, you get your groove on. And suddenly you're striking and striking and striking. The third time, hit exactly again in the same place. Three hours right there, exactly in the same place, hitting the mark. See, Jesus hit the mark for you and I. Hallelujah. Jesus is the only one who can hit the mark that gives us access into heaven. Sometimes in your prayer life, you've got to change the way you pray in order to get a result. Sometimes we've got things in our lives that hinder us from moving forward with God. The longer that you live for Jesus, you recognize that you're not perfect, hallelujah. And you recognize that you need him. And there's different types of people in church. There's prodigals in church not walking with God. They're in the church, but they're far away. There's people in the church. They're not prodigals, but they're like the elder brother in the prodigal son story. Yeah, they're in the house of the Lord. They're serving, but their heart has suddenly stopped following God. And they're missing the mark. I wonder where you are tonight. Are you the prodigal said, listen, I'm not going to be obedient to God. I'm going to run away. I'm still in church, still do the thing, but I'm away from God. Oh, are you like the elder brother? Your heart is hard. Your heart is heavy. You know, when your heart is heavy, there's a couple of things that you need to do. Number one, admit that you need him. Admit that you need him. And suddenly your prayer life needs to change. It's not just, well, let's do some spiritual warfare. Let's go through some three songs. Let's do this. Let's do that. Suddenly you need to change the way you pray and you need to call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. And it's not the type of call, Lord Jesus, please save me. It's not that type. It's calling on, the, it's a desperate type of prayer saying, God, I need you. I need you. I need you to break into my life. And suddenly, when things are not working out, you can become exceptionally frustrated. Why? Because your heart is in the same, same, same condition. And you need God to break in. I remember I was coming into church last Wednesday and I had one of those types of prayers with God and I said to God, you know what, Lord, forget all this praying and this speaking in tongues and all this format. And I said, God, I need you to change me, Lord. 
Hallelujah. I needed to change me. You see, revival comes. Life comes. New life comes when you get desperate before God. And these people suddenly got desperate. Why? Because they'd ran out of wine. They'd ran out of their own strength, their own things that they were doing. They got tired and they were missing the mark. And suddenly they had to turn back to Jesus and say, Jesus, come on, you've got to step in. And we know the story. Jesus stepped in and Jesus turned it around. I heard a story a couple of weeks ago of a, of a couple who'd been believing God in a cell group in KT. For two years, the husband was outside the marital home. Now, I don't know what was going on specifically in that house. But I tell you, if the husband was gone for two years, there was a reason for that. On both sides. There would have been hurt. There would have been pain. There would have been things they were going through. And there would have been reasons why they didn't reconcile. But I tell you one thing that needed to happen is they both needed a heart change. The heart of the problem is in the heart. It's the heart condition. Unless God changes our heart, there can be no reconciliation. Unless God changes your heart and I, you cannot be reconciled to God. God's the only person can change your heart. And the woman testified for two years, we believe in God for this husband to come back. And a couple of weeks ago, he returned to the marital home. Hallelujah. And their marriage is being restored. I mean, we, we love it. We love it when these things happen. We love it when people are reconciled. But sometimes in our own hearts, it's difficult to change unless we get desperate before God. They got desperate. Jesus tells them to fill the water bottles and he, the impossible happens. Sometimes that's like your life. You think, my God, how can these things change? How can these things change? There's so many issues. If, you, if you've been in London a while, you'll recognize that suddenly all the issues start to build up. Now, sometimes you're dealing with one thing and you can deal with one thing. You come before God and say, hey God, deal with this one thing, Lord. Thank you, forgive me of that. And it's just one thing. It's easy. Then you come before God and say, well, God, deal with these two things, Lord. Oh, that was easy. Then suddenly five things. Oh, Lord God, deal with these five things. And then suddenly those five things turn into 50 things. And to a hundred things. And you say, oh my God, Lord, how is it possible that these things are going to be removed from my life? I want to tell you tonight that on the cross, Jesus removed all those burdens and all those sins. Hallelujah. He turned the water into wine. He made the impossible possible so that you could be forgiven by God. So all that you need to do tonight is not try to deal with the things yourself. All you need to do tonight is come to Jesus, come to the cross. And say, Jesus, you took my burden, you took my weight, you took my sin. I was blessed. I don't know if you've seen the Billy Graham movie, The Cross. Anybody seen that movie, The Cross? Uh, you can see it on YouTube. Type it in there, My Hope, uh, Billy Graham, The Cross. And you can see an amazing uh, presentation of the gospel message on the cross. And me and my son, Judah, we, we just sat down and watched it. And I thought, maybe, is it right? But we sat down and watched it. And as we came to the end of it, we prayed together. We thanked God for the cross. And we, I was on the way to just his nursery. And as I was on his way to his nursery, he started to come out with this phrase. And, it, and I didn't know what he was going to say. And he said, Daddy, Daddy. I said, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? He said, Daddy, people come to the cross. People come to the cross. People come to the cross. I want to tell you tonight, the only way you can be forgiven is coming back to the cross. Coming back to Jesus. These people turned to Jesus and Jesus turned the water into wine. 
He is the resurrection, the life. He who believes in him, though he die, yet shall he live, the Bible says. Just because we believe in Jesus, the Bible says that the men in the party said, you know, sometimes you bring out the, the best wine first and then the inferior. And isn't that right? Sometimes in our young life, we're partying, we're enjoying ourselves, and as we move forward into a bit more older age and we mature a little bit, life seems to get a little inferior and we're struggling. But the Bible says that Jesus, the man in the party, said, but this time you've saved the best to last. Hallelujah. Could it be tonight that Jesus has saved the best to last for you? Hallelujah. And your life can be completely turned around and situations in your life can completely be changed on this Resurrection Sunday. Now, it's not gonna be easy. You have to do a few things. I wanna give you some things that you need to do. One, admit that you need him. These people in the wedding, they had to admit that they had ran out of wine, ran out of fuel. They ran out of what made a party work, what made life work. And they had to admit that they needed him. Number two, they needed to repent. They needed, repentance means to change your direction. They were following their own way. They had to turn around and turn to Jesus Christ. The Bible says there can be no forgiveness of sins without repentance. Repentance is simply turning to God. Number three, surrender. You have to be willing to surrender your will to God. It's not my will be done, it's your will be done. His will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And number four, you need to invite him into your life. He's not just gonna come by chance. They have to call on Jesus in this passage. They had to invite him into the party and suddenly the party was back on. The party was back on. Everybody was singing and dancing and drinking and partying. Why? Because Jesus did a miracle. He turned the water into wine. I wanted the band to come back right now. We're gonna pray together. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place tonight. The Bible says at the end of this passage, he manifested his glory and people believed in him. Do you believe in him tonight? Do you know him tonight? Do you know that you're forgiven by God? And do you know tonight, if you're to die right now, would you meet him? Do you know him? If you don't know him and you don't have forgiveness, then Jesus came for you. He came to give you a new heart and a new spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. It's a prayer of forgiveness. And even you in this place tonight, majority of us here tonight are Christians. Revival. Do you want God to turn around situations in your life tonight? Because he can. All you need to do is say, God, change me. Change me. Change me. Let's say that tonight to him. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Oh, Father, deep Deep calls unto deep. Do a deep work in our hearts tonight, Father God. This is Resurrection Sunday, Father. Put your hand deep down into the depths of our hearts, Father God. And pull us back up, Lord God. Put us back on a rock, Lord. In Jesus' name, bring us back to that place of revival, Father. Sincerity, honesty, truthfulness. 
Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer in this place tonight. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you don't have forgiveness, well, tonight His grace can save you. His grace can forgive you. It's free. And all you need to do is ask Him into your heart. Say this prayer out loud now. After this prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Because I want to pray for people tonight who need His forgiveness. You pray this prayer tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again on the third day. And today, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Come into my life right now. Turn my life around in Jesus' mighty name.